0: Uh, If you're uh, here for the first time, my name is Craig. I am the the lead pastor, the preaching pastor. We're really glad that you're with us today. Uh, If you're looking for a church that's all about loving God and loving people, we would love to have you be a part of Generations Community. Amen? Amen? If you're looking for a church that's perfect, well, you're out of luck. So... Uh, we are not, but we do really focus on loving God and loving people. Uh, welcome to those of you that join us online as well. We're really glad that you're with us. We know we have a number of people in our congregation that when they can't be here, join us. And, and uh, if you're uh, not a part of our congregation, then we're glad to welcome you to. We're glad to welcome those who are part of our congregation who are watching. And for those of you who are not, we're glad that you're with us today. Well, um, we're going to start a new teaching series today uh, that, that I've been working on for a while and thinking about for a while. Uh, we've been kind of talking about this idea of, um, oops, let's see, one more. We're going to have a little trouble here today, I think. Uh, connecting uh, with, with God, uh, building a deep relationship with the creator of the universe. And and part of this grows out of just this understanding uh, that that. We need connection, and and we need connection in our in, in our lives. In fact, uh, we we seek out at least one other person to, to share our lives with, and uh, and, and, and if, it, if that's not in the marriage, then it's, it's friendships and connections. In fact, we even have this word, this kind of secular word, we call soulmate. How many of you've heard the word soulmate at some point? Yeah, and, and what that means is is some kind of deeper connection than just on the surface. It's almost a spiritual connection, and even even people who are atheists, atheists, you know, or or agnostics would would talk about soulmates, about a spiritual uh, kind of connection. And we we long for that in in this life, with our spouses, with our children, with our friends, uh, those sorts of of things. Um, And I'm absolutely persuaded that we long for that deep connection with God, with the creator of the universe. Sometimes they talk about a God-shaped hole in our soul that, that needs to be filled with relationship uh, w- with him. And, and I, I that's a nice analogy, but I, I think the idea is absolutely right, that there's something in us that longs for connection with with our uh, creator, um, and we're, we're kind of built for that. And so, even, even people that, that don't know about this, that maybe don't believe in God, will we'll tell you I've talked to a number of them where they've kind of achieved the things they wanted in life. You know, it's like, I got a good marriage, I got kids, my business is going well, you know, it, it's good, but something's missing. And when they say that, that's generally my cue to say, I know what it is. (laughs) Can I tell you about what's missing in your life? That that there's a connection with the eternal, with the creator of the universe that you were designed and built uh, to be in relationship with. And so just to, to say that more obviously, we are designed and built to be in deeply connected relationship with God. And we see that right in the very first stories in Genesis. The first story is kind of creation, and then the second story is is basically about connection with God and connection with with each other, you know, with Adam, who it's not good to be alone, right, you know? And I don't think that's just guys. I think it's women, although guys don't do very well either. But, you know, there's this connection, and then you kind of go further in the story, and you read that Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the evening, and they had this kind of face-to-face relationship. Wouldn't you love to have a face-to-face relationship with God? You know, that would be so. I got so many questions I want to ask Him. You know, but but in Corinthians we hear, you know, that we we see things through a glass darkly. That it, it's not like that anymore. We we broke the relationship, and so um, we 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 want to be in this relationship. And the word I like to use I've been thinking about a lot is entangled. When you when you get married and you have kids, your lives become entangled, don't they? In, in all kinds of ways, you're entangled with the life of your, your spouse, you're entangled with the life of your kids, you're entangled with the life of your friends. I, I hope you guys have people in your life that are family, friends that are like fram, that are like family, that you, you get connected with. And, and so we were meant to be entangled with the life of God and we are meant to be entangled with the life of one another to be, to be the church in, in, in all that we do. And so we need this deep connections. But, but here's, here's the, the thing about this, and this is, I know absolutely for sure. Relationships are hard. Yeah. Don't say that so loud with your spouse next to you, okay? You know, they're, they're, you know everybody that's been married a minute knows that relationships are hard. It, it, it's just, it's difficult, you know? And and you, the relationship thing and figuring it out, and you, you go in and you did the premarital counseling, and you think you got it all figured out. And then you move in together. And you... It all goes away, you know. It's it's kind of like they say about plans for war, you know. The plan for war works until the starting shoots, and then the shooting starts, and then it goes away. The same is true. It, it's just, it, you're all with me on this, right? We don't have any perfect marriages here, or any perfect people, or any of that kind of thing. And so it's difficult, and you get in trouble, you know. You get in trouble, and you don't even know why you're in trouble, you know. It, it, it's just, you know. And and it, it, it's hard, and because men and women are, are are just different, and and people are, are different, and and there's these things. How, so, don't raise your hand, because I'm gonna kind of ask a question. But just in your mind, how many of you have you have learned that there's some buttons in your spouse you should not push? <laughs> some of you're going, and I got the scars to prove it. You know, yeah. And I I would be, bet if you've been married a while there are some buttons you know you should push, right? Things that, that make them happy that maybe don't necessarily make you happy, but that's okay, it makes them happy. So, so it, it's good. And, and even, even in that sort of thing, when you're working really hard, men and women speak different languages. Have you noticed that? You know, I, I remember not long after we were married, uh, you know, you're kind of still working it out, and at some point Jody says, the trash is full. And I thought, well, that's an interesting observation. Yep. Sure enough, it is full. You know. (laughs) Turns out that means would you take the trash out? No, no, no. It's not. Would you take that trash out? It's take the trash out. That's what that means. You know. Who knew? You know. It's we just. It's it's different. They just. You know. And even worse. uh, Not this spring, but last spring, we were at um, we were at Home Depot Uh, because Jody likes to play in the dirt. She's a farm girl. Uh, And so she decided we had to have some more plants somewhere (laughs) around the house. And so we go, you know, and and you kind of pull up, and they got all the plants on the outside, and we're kind of, as we're walking up, she says to me, I wonder where they keep the carts. (laughs) Well, I spent 15 years in retail. I know where they keep. I said, dear, they're over there right by the entrance, you know. (laughs) And, and she's patient and kind. I'm telling you, people should nominate her for sainthood. And so pretty soon she says, so I wonder if there are any carts over there. <laughs> oh, I don't know. There's probably carts over there. They're pretty good about keeping them up with all that. Pretty some, some, soon somebody goes by with a full cart. They go, wow, they got a lot on that cart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want me to go get a cart and bring it over here so you can put stuff on it, you know? Well, oh, guys, don't pretend like you haven't had that in <laughs> Relationships are hard, you know. They're, they're just hard. There's, there's, there's a lot that goes into that, and you have to learn in all of that. In fact, I, I would also say that uh, relationships change you. Uh, they, they make you different. Who you who you marry is not a neutral decision. Who, who you spend your time with. We talked about birds of a feather flock together, that old saying that who you who you connect with will impact who, who you become. We we know this with drug addicts where you get them kind of clean. You got to get them in a different environment. They can't go back to that same group of people because relationships change you. And one, one of the delightful and scary things I think I've learned is I'm at a little different stage of, of life now is, is that in, in some ways, you know, we got married in our 20s and we kind of grew up together, you know? And, and because of that relationship, it, it changes both of us. And, and so so here, here's just some advice. Don't try to change your spouse. Amen. Amen. But if you don't change, you may not have a spouse. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just, just saying, just saying. That, that, that you will need to change in order for that relationship to work, okay? It doesn't do good to kind of shoot at each other, but, but when you go into marriage, you better be prepared for that, that there's change that happens. It's, in fact, it's kind of like change or die. That's just the, the, way, the way it is. And, and, and there's other things that you learn along the way. Do you know that one of the things you learn when you get married is you can be wrong? You can, you can. And so it is with our relationship with God. When, when we're in relationship with God, it changes us. There are things that happen because of that. And, and it's not just that immediate sort of thing. We talk a lot about when you get saved, you have been changed. And that's absolutely right, and that's a supernatural thing. But there is an ongoing process of change that lasts the rest of your life as you live and walk with Christ, just as like when you live and walk with your spouse or with your friends or whoever you are in relationship with. The longer you walk, the more you change one another. Amen. Amen. That's an important part of it. In fact, here's the really good news, uh, and that is that that healthy relationships—oops—healthy relationships are life-giving. Now, that's where you should have said, "Amen, guys." Okay, that would have helped you. So, let me try it again. Healthy relationships are life-giving. Yes, they change you in positive ways. There's good things that come out of that. They, they, make, they make you better. It's one of the things I loved about Jodi was she made me better. And both of my children, their spouses, make them, make them better in so many, many ways. And I know this may come as a surprise to some of you, but this is the much cleaned up version from what Jody found when we started dating, Okay. You know, I was definitely in the fixer-upper category, you know. Um, she could start a TV program or something, you know. But but you you, you see the changes that that happen, there's wonderful things. And we, we see this, I think, as pastors, especially at the end of life. When when a couple has been married for for decades, you know, and then one of them goes on to heaven, and just probably the most common thing they say to us is it feels like I've been torn in half. And that that's exactly correct. Because the two have become one. There has been a life-giving that has brought you together in the midst of that. And so healthy relationships uh, with people are are life-giving. So imagine how life-giving healthy relationships with the creator of the universe is. It'll make your marriage better. It'll make your relationship with your kids better. It'll make your relationship with your friends better. What we are going to be talking about for the next several weeks is vital to our spirituality. To build this deep relationship with the creator of the universe. Who designed us and who understands us. And get this, who knows all of our flaws and every secret and loves us anyway. And for that we should be thankful. So the question isn't usually, um, do you want a deep relationship with the creator of the universe? Almost everybody will say that. Even even people who are not followers of Jesus or are not very religious will talk about things spiritual. And yeah, I want want that kind of relationship. So the question for us uh, that we're going to talk about in the coming days uh, is this. How do we build a deep relationship with the creator of the universe? And there's been a lot of answers over the years with that and, and kind of some rote answers. Uh, one of the big ones when I was growing up was Bible memorization. How many of you have memorized verses when you were a kid somewhere? Can I, can I just tell some of you who are younger, memorize them the younger you are. Start now because the older you get, the harder it is to memorize. Amen? You know, but, but I know people that carry that so far. I had a guy in, in, my, in my last church that he had memorized word for word the entirety of the New Testament. And he had remembered huge sections of the Old Testament. And he was one of the hardest, most bitter people I've ever met in the Christian church because it didn't change him. It it was a formula for him. He thought that made him really, really spiritual. Uh, You know, there there are other things. For some people, you know, if you just pray enough, how many have ever experienced guilt about not praying enough? You know, if you grew up in the church, you've experienced that, right? You know, if I could just pray three hours, then I would really be connected with with Christ. Or, Or here's the one I think you know, you could really be spiritual if you just learned Greek. No, I'm kidding you. That's that's not the case. I know lots of people that know Greek that are way not spiritual. So, so here's here's what I, I, what are some things that deepen your relationship with God? Just just call it out. Just what what's something that you do that you go, wow, that just helps me connect to God? Prayer, music, meditate. meditate. Okay, well, sorry, over here. Small groups. Sorry, I'm getting. Uh, Bible study. You'd think I'd get that one, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Worship. Confession. Confession. What? Framway. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry. Wow, I got to stop doing this because I don't hear very well anymore. So, so yeah, those are all a, a, a part of it. Uh, and a part of what I want to kind of make the point here that we're going to make throughout this is that everybody's a little different okay and so we all do it a little differently and so the verse we're going to look at today and will become kind of uh, our, our verse through this whole thing is found in James uh, over in James chapter 4 verse 8 uh, and it says this draw near to God and he will draw near to you it's real short draw near to God and he will draw near to you say this with me draw near to God and he will draw near to you say it again draw near to God and and he will draw near to you. So, this is a good one to memorize, and it's short for those of us that are old. That's good. So, we can memorize, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So, I encourage you to get that memorized, write it down on your refrigerator, put it in your car someplace. Uh, just, just get this one in, in your being. And here's what you kind of need to know let's look at it a little bit. The word draw near is the key word, and it means approach. Or connect, and it's really an interesting word because it covers two aspects of this thing. So when we say draw near, we tend to think of a one-time sort of step towards something, right? And that's what the approach means in this word: uh, approach God, step towards God, not not away from God. So that's kind of the beginning of this relationship. But the second half of the, this word that has the idea of connect is this idea that we talked about about entangling your life. And so when he says draw near to God, it sounds like kind of a one sort sort of thing. But actually, in the original language. It's much more this idea of continue to move towards God. And the more you move towards God, the more you will experience and, and encounter God. It's, it's a, a full kind of a, idea in here. And, and part of our problem is, again in English, this begins to sound like, you know, like if you, if you will start the relationship, then God will go, okay, I guess you've moved far enough. Now I'm going to come and help you. And that's not what it is at all. And actually the idea of God drawing near to us uh, is, is carried in, in this thought. Um, deep connection to God is more about awareness than reality. Okay? So here's the way I think about this in, in, in this particular passage. Have you ever been someplace like maybe in the house and you're, you're working away and you're doing your stuff, you know, and you, you are absolutely persuaded there is nobody else in the house with you. You are all alone, Right? And you're kind of doing your thing, and you're deeply involved in thought. And all of a sudden, somebody behind you says, hey. And you dent the ceiling, right, where you jump because you go, you know, you go, ah. Uh And, And that's the way it is with God. God is always near to you. You could not get away from God if you wanted. But sometimes we're not aware of that. And often deep connection to God is about awareness of God, of the fact that he is with you, that, that the fact that you can't see him in this moment doesn't mean he's not there. Just like when you sneak up on your sister and scream, I mean, just like, you know, when someone's in the room and you, you don't know they're, they're there. And you, you turn around and all of a sudden you see that, that person there and, and you have the relationship. You see, your awareness doesn't change the reality that God is there say this again, your awareness does not change the reality that God is there. Draw near to God, and if I could translate it my way, I would say, and then you will discover that he's already drawn near to you, that he is there. Um, And people are surprised all the time by God's presence, but presence is not enough. We want relationship, amen? So, Like all human relationships, our relationship with God requires time, attention, and work. Time, attention, and work. How many of you would say in your marriage or in your friendships or in your relationships that they require time, attention, and work? Everybody agree to that? Yeah. So too is our relationship with God. Sometimes people have this kind of built-in assumption that when they become a Christian, God is just going to zap them with this great relationship with God. And they don't really have to work at it or think about it or any of that. And kind of some of our theology about grace, you know, and you're saved by grace, not by works, sometimes that plays in, you know, and we kind of think, well, if I have to work at it, what's the problem? That's that's not completely separate things. Relationship with God is a relationship. And relationships require time and and attention and and work in all of this. And and I would be willing to bet if you're going to have a healthy relationship with other people, you have to spend time with them. You you have to to give attention to them. You have to to work at it. And there's there's no simple step-by-step formula where you can just say, okay, here's how we produce a fully mature Christian with a deep relationship with God. It it just doesn't work like that. In fact, time, attention, and work. Remember the disciples? For three years, they were with Jesus 24-7. And I love you guys, but for three years and 24-7 with all, you'd be a little more than I could handle, you know. And there was this time, attention, and, and and work, and so relationship with God is sometimes messy, and it's unique. You relate to God differently than I do, and 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 I relate differently than the person next to you. But it is so important. And so, for uh, what time we have left, I want to talk a little bit about what the classic answer is to to developing deep relationship with God. And that's spiritual disciplines, okay? Uh, And I'm going to kind of cover a bunch of them. Uh, There's not all of them by any stretch of the imagination. Because I kind of want to walk you through them and introduce you to them. And then for the next, well, there'll be a break in there, but for the next three weeks, I'm going to talk about specifically how that applies to how different people connect to God. Because when I was growing up, there was always this formula. And then when I kind of went to seminary in my own Spiritual journey, I discovered that I had to do it different than other people, and that became really important. And it deeply enriched my connection to God when I figured out that I didn't have to do it the way everybody else does it. But there are some disciplines that I have to follow, just like in any relationship, there are disciplines. But like uh, other things, it, it may or may not be that all of them work for you. How many of you have ever been to the YMCA or a gymnasium? Oh, yeah. Have you noticed they got about a gazillion machines in there that you have no idea what those things do? I mean, there's a a couple. I'm on the board of the YMC here, and and I walk in there, and I'm like, that looks like that would hurt you. You know, it's like... It, you know, so I don't. You, I, I walk. I do a couple of things, but that's it. I don't do all of them. And so it is with this. Not all of these are going to be for you. Some of them will be stuff that you go, I don't know. That's not for me. But let me let me kind of start walking through these. The first one. Uh, go ahead and click the next slide. The first one is Bible study, meditation uh, on God's word, and and this. So these are essential. Some of these, all of these are important in some way. But but this one's especially important, and it's basically you need to know God's word if you want to hear from Him. Okay. This is the primary way he speaks to us was he brings his, his word to us. It. It's why memorization is so important. It's why I'm so excited about our Bible quizzing program because the scripture you lay into them when they're little, God will use later on. God has brought scripture I memorized as a kid in Sunday school back to me so much over my life and and directed me. Know God's word, meditate on it, get involved with it. And then the second one, next slide, is prayer or time with God. And we're told to pray without ceasing and be anxious about nothing but commit it to God in prayer kind of thing. And so all relationships require time, amen? If you want to have a, a good relationship with your spouse, you got to spend time with them. They developed this wonderful thing called date night. Y'all know what date night is? Okay, if you didn't raise your hand, I'll meet with you after service about your marriage, you know? So everybody's got to, hear it. I don't want to meet with him. So, th- so that, 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 that's, in some ways, that's what these are. The prayer is, is, is that communion uh, with God. Uh, and then the next one is uh, corporate worship or praise and thanksgiving. Next slide. Corporate worship, praise and thanksgiving. Uh, This is so important to who we are. I love Psalms 100. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Okay, let's try that again because we are in corporate worship. So enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Amen? Amen. Amen, yeah. Uh, and so uh, Hebrews tells us to not neglect the meeting of ourselves together. There is something spiritual that happens when we gather like this, okay? There's something that God does in us. And I've, I've heard people say, well, you know, Pastor, I don't remember the sermon very long, you know, and, and the next week it's kind of gone and all of that. And, and the best analogy I've heard about this in remembering sermons, other than I really wish I could figure out how to say it so you remembered it, is this. What did you have for dinner Two weeks ago on Tuesday. Do you remember? No? But looking at us, I'm pretty sure we all had dinner two weeks ago on Tuesday. (laughs) Amen? So just because you don't remember, it doesn't mean it's not getting into your soul and all of that. It's so important. Uh, um, Another one is uh, service uh, and and helps. Uh, If you then, uh, Jesus, after he washed the disciples' feet, said, For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done. And so, it's important in our spiritual life that we serve. That we serve other people. Things that we don't get anything out of it. Who, who are you serving in your spiritual life? And for some people, that's a that's a really big one. Uh, another one is is giving or, or generosity. Uh, Chronicles says, ascribe to the Lord all the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in splendor of holiness. Between two really highly emotional things, he says, by the way, don't forget your offering. Don't, don't forget to give. and 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 I'm just going to tell you, in America today, I think this is one of the major stumbling blocks. I, I talk with people all the time about their spiritual life, and we'll kind of go through it, and they're doing this and doing this, you know, and I just, I'm just not connecting. and It kind of gets around to the money thing, and they go, well, you know, I just don't. And you know, I put a buck in every, every kind of once in a while, and, and this has become the stumbling block because the money is the thing they're holding back from God. There's a really scary scripture about this. You remember the story of the rich young ruler? He did everything he was supposed to do spiritually. Everything. He was devoted. He he loved God. He did all of that. But the one thing he held back was his money. And it cost him. I don't know about you, but the money doesn't go with you. It's for this life and for this time. And by the way, God gave it all to you anyway. One of the hallmarks of the Christian church should be generosity towards one another, towards, towards God. And, and you understand this. A relationship with God is a relationship. What happens to your relationship with your spouse if they, the, any money they earn is like my money and you got to pay all the bills? How long is that going to last? You'll be in my office on Monday with a conversation. Yeah, guy. You you know, it's really pretty simple in all of this. So let me encourage you. Let God use the money for the kingdom of God. Get involved. Get started in some way. I don't care if it's a dollar. I, I don't know, but, but I do know this. If God doesn't have your money, God doesn't have you. And that's just the honest to goodness truth in all of that. And then here, here's uh, one of the great favorites in the church. Uh, the next one is fasting, Self-denial. <laughs> quietness so when we think of fasting we tend to think of food and in the ancient world where they were food insecure a lot of it it was that but, but today and even then we, we think of fasting I think in bigger sorts of things in Lent we often talk about what are you going to give up for Lent right it's the self-denial thing I'm going to deny myself something so that I can have something else and so when I, when I talk about fasting here's kind of my basic principle deny to intensify say deny to intensify Deny to intensify. And, and, and the idea is that deny, self-denial for the sake of self-denial is not spiritual. Okay, it's, it's just not. But when you sacrifice one thing in order to enhance something that's more important, that's what's talked about in, in fasting. So you give up eating so that you can pray over your lunch break. When our, our kids were small during the Lenten season, the thing we gave up er- every year was we gave up uh, electronic entertainment. So no TV, no video games, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, after the first couple of days of of wailing and gnashing of teeth, it would settle down a little bit. Um, and, and then we discovered something really amazing, and we have a close family. We started talking to each other. And pretty soon somebody said, don't we have a room around here someplace with like a board game in it that we could play or something like that, you know? And, and, and so, so we denied ourselves something that I don't think is bad. I don't think, t- well, there's a lot of bad stuff on it, but I don't think TV in itself is bad. In order, we denied, in order that we might intensify that which was really important, which was our relationships with one another. Fasting, deny to intensify. And then um, the next one is uh, confession or humility. It is so important that you have someone in your life that you're absolutely honest with. And for guys, that probably means another guy. I I talk often about accountability partners, that you can confess not just where it's gone wrong, but where you're tempted. Because when you get ahead of that, God has a way of preserving you in that. uh, I'm in a position where I've had to deal sometimes with, with pastors who've gotten themselves in trouble. And without exception, when I have said to them, who is your accountability partner? They've said, I don't have one. And I say, that's the first place you went wrong first place you went wrong. Have somebody in your life that, that, that knows you without reservation. And then here's the fun one. Fellowship or family. We're meant to be connected to one another. Get in the connection group. Love on people. You need people in your life that you love like family. Oh, good. We like that better than fasting. That's good. So I I just can't encourage you enough when we talk about that. And then uh, the the last one I'm going to give you right now is, uh, next slide, is Sabbath um, and, and rest. And we all need rest in our lives. Amen? It's an important part of it. So let me ask you this. Uh, which, which spiritual discipline do you find attractive? Just shout it out. What is, oh, in, in all that list of some you go, yeah, I really like that. So the one, one of the ones I like is Bible study. comes easy to me. I enjoy it. I can get lost in it. Anybody, what are there? Any of those? Rest, Rest prayer, fellowship, fellowship. what? Framley. No fasting? <laughs> what was it? Helping, serving, yeah. What? Corporate worship, yeah. So here's what, what happens. All of you have something that you probably love, natural ways you connect with God. And then the second half of this question, which spiritual discipline do you find unattractive? For me, rest is the hard one. I am a workaholic by nature. And honestly, Sundays are not Sabbath for me. <laughs> I love you guys, but this is a workday for me. And so carving that out, that, that's always been hard for me. That's always been been difficult for me. Anyone want to say, okay, that one, why did God put that one in there? Fasting. fasting. Okay, it's unanimous. We all dislike fasting. It's just, <laughs> we don't want to do that anymore. So here, here's what... Um, Here's what I know, and I've said this already, but people connect to God differently. And so now that we've kind of looked at the larger, other spiritual disciplines, the one I, sh- I got, didn't have in there was, was uh, the sacraments or as part of the spiritual discipline. I should have talked about that one. Um, but we, we connect to God differently. So I want to help you in these next weeks figure out how you connect uh, and then help you with that, uh, that part of it. So uh, what we're going to be doing really is what I would call understanding your spiritual love language. You all know about love languages? You and your spouse have a love, you, you communicate love one way and you receive love one way. So uh, if your love language uh, is, is, if your spouse's love language is words and, and your love language is acts of service, you try and show your spouse that you love them by, by doing things for them, but they actually want to hear you say it, Right? and vice versa. So you have to get on the same page. Well, you have a spiritual love language, and I find that it falls into three categories that we're going to talk about. Number one is connecting with your head. That is mine, okay? Number two is connecting with your heart. That's the emotions and the music and nature and all those things. And number three is connecting with your hands, the the service part of it. And everybody kind of falls in those groups, and and we'll talk uh, about those. And so here's also what I know about relationship with God. Healthy relationships are more about persistence than perfection, So all of you that are carrying around guilt about what you don't do, would you just let go of it right now? Would you just let go? Oh, I don't pray enough. I'm not in God's word enough. I don't help enough people. I don't give enough money. I don't blah, 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 blah. You cannot do every single workout machine at the Y. Some of them will hurt you. But you can do the ones that God's designed you for, Amen. It's about persistence. It's about sticking with it in all of that. And so this is your homework. As I always told you I kind of wanted to be a, uh, a teacher. So I, uh, the best part about being a teacher is giving homework, especially since I don't have to grade it later. This week, practice date night with God. And what I mean by that is whatever your best way of communicating with God is, practice that this week. If our musicians could come, uh, we're going to sing and we're going to worship the Lord in giving. Yes, in just a minute. Um, And to those of you online, you can give as well online or with our our app. We're so glad that you're with us. But I want to say this thing about the date night. Whatever it is you connect with, that thing that really helps, do that a lot this week. So if you're like the the heart kind of person and you love music, listen to a lot of Christian music this week. Kind of just force yourself to do it because you know you'll like it, right? Because that'll just lift your spirits. If you're a head person, then get into God's Word, you know, a little bit more and ask questions about it, you know. If you're a service person, find a way to go help somebody this week because that helps you connect with God. Begin the process of deepening our relationship with God by starting with what we do naturally well and how God has wired us. Amen? Amen. Do that, and then come back next week, because we're going to talk about service next week, and it got a great story we're going to share with you about how God works in all of that. Amen? Amen. Ready to worship the Lord in giving? Yes, let me pray for you. Father God, thank you for this day and for your love. Thank you, God, that that not only have you created us with a desire to have deep relationship with you, you have a desire to have a deep relationship with us, and and that, Father, you are already present with us, and when we discover it, it sometimes startles us, Father. But I, I just pray that that this Sunday and in the weeks to come that you would deepen our relationship, our connection to you, Father. Would you allow us to let go of the guilt of some of the things we don't do, Father, that we might embrace the way you have wired us to connect with you, Father. I, I pray that you would uh, give us freedom in those areas where maybe, maybe we struggle with something, Father. I, I just ask that, that this would be holy time in the weeks ahead and that, that Father, when we're, th- we're through this, that you will have significantly drawn us closer to you, Father. We love you and we thank you. Be glorified in this act of worship and giving and we ask it in Jesus' name, amen.